Welcome to the Kick-Ass Life Podcast. I'm Elle Russ, the author of two books, Confident as Fuck and The Paleothyroid Solution. And I'm Tara Garrison, a training and nutrition expert. Elle and I are empowerment coaches dedicated to helping you create a kick-ass life. So subscribe to our podcast and tune in every week where Tara and I are going to cover a variety of topics and content designed to help you raise your expectations and then meet them. To learn more about us, visit our websites, coachtaragarrison.com and lrust.com and follow us on social media. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kick-Ass Live podcast with myself and Coach Tara Garrison. Today we're going to talk about happiness. It's a broad topic, but Tara and I have interviewed a couple of people on this topic. We've read many books on it, and we think especially right now this is an important thing because it's within your control. And so that's the important thing to start off at. And you know, uh, as well to listen to both of our interviews with Rob Mack. M-A-C-K. Both Tara and I have interviewed her on Inside Out Health and also Primal Blueprint Podcast. They're both very different. They're both amazing. And Rob is a happiness researcher and has a degree in a master's of applied positive psychology. Very rare degree. So very interesting episodes that just came out recently, like last week. And um, yeah, where do you want to start with this? Um, You know, one of the things I was thinking of, um, there's so many elements to this, but I guess the bottom line is that happiness is the foundation to everything else. And aside from that, you have to generate it yourself. Mm-hmm. Studies and everything have shown you cannot. Even ancient Greeks, Epictetus, do not put your happiness on external sources. So it's the foundation by which kind of everything in our life flows out. And that's why it's important to get happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So two topics. One is looking for happiness from external sources, like other people to make us happy, because that's a whole thing we can delve into. But the other thing is putting delaying happiness. That and that's where it goes for all of us achievers out there. Like I am every little personality test I've ever done. It's like achiever, achiever, achiever. I know that about myself, right? And so actually the book, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor was really profound for me during a time that I was in the throes of achieverness, right? And when we're in that, like, it's like, I have to build my business and do this and I got to grind and I got to hustle. And happiness seems like a... Um, a nice afterthought, (laughs) you know, like if I can, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I'm happy enough. Right. It's this afterthought. It's not a necessity is what it feels like when you're in the heat of trying to achieve something new. Um, but there's also the sad part about it is the mentality that I was in was, but I'm doing all this so I can be happy. (laughs) Right. And Sean Acor's book, um, the happiness advantage. And also, um, Rob Mack has a book called happiness from the inside out. So jumping into these things, what's cool about these guys that have actual degrees in positive psychology is there's research to back it up. It's not like just somebody giving you fluff saying like, Hey, it's good to be happy all along the way. It's like, no, no, you want some numbers. You want to see how your longevity, your productivity, um, your, uh, your entire life, can increase from happiness. Okay, well, here's some numbers for you, you know, and that's what it's kind of like prove it. Um, Sean Acor said that when he first started um, presenting this research and speaking to people, he could see like the glazed eyes on their faces when he's like, I'm going to talk to you about happiness today. And they're like, Oh, my gosh, you know, and he, but then he could see it switch over the course of the discussion as he's giving them actual data and numbers and research to show how what a productivity hack, what a life hack happiness is. 
So, um, and let's, let's get into a little bit of that research. So, one of the interesting uh, studies that they did at Princeton found that there was a correlation between happiness and wealth to a point of about $75,000 a year. So, meaning when people make more than $75,000 a year, their happiness doesn't increase, but the lower their yeah. income may be. So, people, if you know what I mean, like, yes, you might want to get to a level from 50 to 75, but think about it. People are at 75, 90, 100, and they're still not happy thinking that more money is going to make them happy. And that is not what the research shows. Yeah. Uh, Sean Aker shared that when people are positive, the brain has triple the creativity, triple backed by science, 31% higher levels of productivity, 20. 3% fewer fatigue-related symptoms, and 37% higher levels of sales. Those all result in higher profit, lower burnout, less turnover in your business. So um, he, you know, he starts it right out of the gate. Like if you're a business owner too, if anybody's listening, like how happy are your employees? Or if you're a parent, how happy are your kids? Or if you're a friend or a family member, how happy are the people around you? Because that is important to understand the success of whatever organization or culture that we're in. So I love that he has numbers to back it up. And also, um, there were some studies, too, that showed that um, <clears throat> so people who earned their wealth were reportedly happier than people who inherited it or married into it. Mm -hmm. Interesting factor. We've already, we already talked about it. You mentioned that. The reward and the triumph of accomplishing a thing and getting and earning the money is so much mm -hmm. more satisfying to our overall happiness. And then on, on, on the other note, too, there was an interesting thing where they said, when you're talking about DECA millionaires, so 10 million plus, uh, mm -hmm. they were they were saying that, yeah, they might have showed to be a little bit happier than the people of one or two million. But basically, when you're at a certain level of multimillionaire, the happy you can buy happiness through giving it away, that that is what makes them happy is being able to give away money, help other people give to causes and things. And isn't that such a thing? Like we've always thought, everyone's thought about winning the lottery. And part of the thought is how much fun it would be to help people or donate to your favorite charity or uh, buy your mom a house or right, like all those things. And so in the giving away of it, so that has a lot to do too, with how we think about gratitude, lack, and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, Sean, in Sean Aker's book, he mentions that Aristotle had a concept called um, eudaimonia, and that's that basically saying that happiness isn't all sunshine and roses all the time. It's like we think happiness means just I'm just going to like be content and be happy, but it's more than that. True happiness is what we experience striving after our potential. Mm, that's true good. happiness. When we are striving after our potential, we feel happy. Now there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be difficult moments, but I know both you and I, we just shared before we started recording all these amazing miracles that are happening in our life as we strive after our potential. And that's true happiness. Like, I don't know about you, but have you ever gone on a vacation and you've got like this amazing idea built up in your mind that this is just going to be the most fun, happy experience you've ever had. And then when you're actually in it, it's like not really that great. It's like, because yeah. we're looking, and that brings us back to that. We're external. looking for that to make us happy versus already being happy going into the vacation. Yeah. And that goes back to Rob Mack's principle of happiness from the inside out. Like it has to come from the inside. And when we're striving after our potential, when you find your soul's purpose and you're continuously striving after that, there's no other kind of happiness that I've ever experienced in my life. Like this is the kind of happiness that when your alarm goes off, you're like, yeah, baby. Like this is like finally made me want to go to bed at night because I can't wait for can't tomorrow. Can't wait to wake up. I know. I think that's why I like to go bed early because I'm like I can't wait because I just went tomorrow. Because <laughs> I get to do this all over again and what's gonna happen next, right? So it all does come from the inside out. Um, also, yeah, it's like it's like it's like you have to generate it before you can generate it. Yeah, it exactly. Sounds so it sounds so half-ass backwards, but it's true. 
we want to delay it. You know, we think like, I'll do these things. I'll suffer now so I can be happy later. Right. It's kind of like the principle of like all life is suffering. And when I die, then it's going to be this beautiful bliss in heaven. And it's like, ah, what about now? Why don't you make now heaven? How about that? What would that look like? What would need to shift in your life in order to make that happen? Yeah. And when we do like Sean, Sean and Sean's book, he has, this book was really life changing for me because I, I tested it. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm hearing you because what, one of the principles that he talks about is social investment, bringing happiness. And when we are, especially for people who are high achievers, we think, okay, I need to retreat. I need to go be by myself and I need to get a bunch of shit done. I need all the time to myself. And I like, I'm building, I'm building. I'm super guilty of this. This is definitely like my default mode is like push everyone out, push everyone away so I can get more shit done. And so I was like, okay, let me try it out. Let me try it out. So I started intentionally those moments come where somebody's like, Hey, do you want to go? And I'm like, Nope. You know, and I'm not saying there's not value in that. Sometimes you do have to choose yourself and watch over your own stress levels. Cause if you keep saying yes to everything, like you're going to get really stressed. But I was like, nope, I need to prioritize social engagements. And I found only positive results. Everything started going up. Plus, not to mention when you're on social media, when you're happy, it comes out, it comes off. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell when people are happy. I think that's the reason, um, like Rob Max interview, like I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. I'm like, I love talking to you. When you're a happy person, it people love being around you. What is that gonna do for your business, for your relationships, your friendships, your whole life? Right, because you become and by the this way, when people see Rob Mack's a great example. So when people see Rob Mack, what you're going to see is like a GQ model. Okay, you see a GQ model, <laughs> yeah. and you know you see someone who's smart and bright. They're beautiful, and you go, well, like their life's been great. Well, you know what? He used to be suicidal, and he didn't think highly of himself. So just because you're born into a shell of a visual, and we think, oh, they have it easy because they have an easier happiness. Like they're they're you know. Their, their course and path to happiness is so much easier because pretty people get treated better. All that stuff's true, but that's not what's going on, on the inside. Mm -hmm. So the, I want to point that out about Rob because people are going to see him and they're going to go, oh, well, look at this guy. You know, he just rolled off of a, of a you know, magazine. And everyone thinks that those people uh, have a better advantage at this, but that's not the case. Yeah. Um, so we can rewire our brains for happiness, yes. right? Um, Acor calls this a positive Tetris effect, right? So you can train, of course there's genetics involved, right? Like I do a lot of stuff with neurochemist neurochemistry and my coaching. So I love it. I am super obsessed with neurochemicals because they have so much effect on how we show up each day. If you're low in dopamine and serotonin, you're not going to show up in your potential every day. That's part of the reason. By the way, I had you... zero serotonin at one point and I'm here to tell you that that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're, you're, it's almost like you're trapped in a certain ways is kind of what it feels like. We've all had moments like that. Think of a, think of a brief moment where maybe you stayed up all night in college or something. And then you had to like go perform the next day and you felt dead inside. You're like, there's no way I could ever love or be happy or, you know, your serotonin is just completely shot. So there is a, there is a neurochemical component to it, but that can be changed. Your genetic wire, your DNA can change and it can change through thought. So doing things like gratitude, having a consistent gratitude practice and putting into practice these things that bring happiness, rewiring your brain for it, you can you can get there. Now, of course, there's a there's a physical component to these things, too. If you're drinking all the time or, you know, doing drugs or things that are manipulating your neurochemistry, Co cocaine will work for like a week and then you might go down a slippery slope. Cause yeah, yeah. But those things are not going to actually get you there. Yeah. Right, right. But like the, the deep, deep stuff, because I know I, I went through a month long gratitude 
gratitude practice where we actually use the reticular activator system where I read every single day, I read a gratitude statement that was like two pages long to basically brainwash myself is what I'm saying here into gratitude and looking for it every day and identifying and writing the feelings that I associated with it. Now I'll give you an example. Last night, I'm so happy. I just finished filming 90 days of personal development. It has been a huge freaking project for my clients. And I, I had a, a moment right then I was on day 88. I was like, and each video takes so long. Cause it's like, it's gotta be like, it's gotta have the right spirit to it. It's gotta be like the right inflection. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's a beast of a project to doing it. If anyone's done a lot of video work before, it's not as easy as it looks it's not. to be on video. It's a ton of mental energy. Like it can be very exhausting. And I was on day 88 and I was like, come on, girl. I kept like having all these little, like, you got this, come on, you got this three more, come on. And, you know, <laughs> and then I realized I was like, I was kind of white knuckling it. And I just had this moment that has been wired into me from doing this gratitude practice where I was like, look what you get to get do. To do. Yeah. Look what you're doing. Look, you have clients that love this stuff. Their lives are being changed. You have, look, you have this beautiful home with privacy right now where you can do it. You have all this camera and lighting equipment. You have a, a, a voice, you have a platform, like you're living your dream. Enjoy, enjoy, you know? And I think that, that kind of gratitude, if you know what happened, I mean, I wrote a post about gratitude right after it on my Instagram about how it's an instant stress reliever. Cause that's what happens. Yes. Like I went from Oh man. Okay. Got this. Got to get this done. This is so stressful too. I get to oh my do gosh, this. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> yeah. So it can't I, be trained. Well, and I want to get back to a little bit of the, the, how we're wired into this, you know, um, while Mark Sisson's book primal connection is not all about happiness, there are some really interesting things. So uh, basically as a, you know, product of millions of years of evolutionary design, you know, we're hardwired to feel good. And one of the things, you know, like, 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 I mean, our evolutionary ancestors, right? We ate, slept, touched, loved, hunted, played, right? We had a lot of, but we were also rewarded with the release of adapted feel-good hormones, you know, and I'm reading directly from Mark, right. Mark's book here. And so genetically speaking, we are identical to those hunter-gatherers. It's probably why we have that reward of why it feels good when sun is on our skin. And there's actually a particular right. gene that makes it feel good when sun hits our skin, mm. probably to influence us to get out into it. And then we get the reward of feeling happier and all of the things that happen in that in that process so again like we're wired for this we yeah. just have to foster the wiring and the other part of primal connection that i really like is um you know aside from of course you know the vitamin d and neurotransmitters and what we know when you're talking about is taking responsibility we've already talked a little bit about this but i think yeah. you know the most uniquely human trait of our hunter-gatherer ancestors is that they they they, they acknowledged life's realities and cruelties, and they didn't sit around and wallow in victimhood. That is a modern luxury. That is a yeah. modern luxury. Um, so nowadays, like, we have the luxury of self-despair, pity, all this kind of stuff. They didn't back then. We're not wired for that. We're really wired to move on. And some way along the way with human evolution, so societal stuff, we got trapped into this other game. So it really mm -hmm. is like kind of going back to sort of like how you and I feel about ancestral nutrition and, and, and some of these things. Like that's, that's very valid there. So I just, our, our ancestors didn't judge themselves as failures and sit there. If something didn't work or a camp blew up, they weren't sitting there crying about it. They moved on. They found solu their solution forward momentum. And so the solution mm -hmm. to happiness is how do you get it? Well, learn. You gotta learn, learn from people, right? Books like Happiness Advantage. Uh, there's another book on gratitude I want to mention that's lovely. I've listened to it a hundred times probably. It's by Angelus 
Erin, and I think her last name is A-I-R-R-E-N or something like that, Angelus Erin. She just wrote a book called Gratitude, and what it's lovely is she's kind of got a um, kind of like a soothing grandma's voice, and she is telling these wonderful stories and fables throughout history that have to do with the topic of gratitude. And it's almost just like this lovely kind of meditational sort of audio book, if you listen to it, that is really can really foster. It's just the whole book is just that, so I love that. Um, but Again, like, so this victim mindset, you know, you're unhappy. That's a victim mindset, and we've got to change it. I think um, you got to choose to be blessed. You have to choose to be thankful. Like you said, you took time mm-hmm. out of your day to do a 30-day challenge, and I suggest that to everybody because I'm sure, as you saw, like, after a certain amount of days, now you're on that roll. It's begetting more of begetting, being grateful. Things are rolling into your life. You just We talked before this. We just told each other about a couple awesome things that are going on. It's because we jumped into it. Right. It's like, just like our bodies or our nutrition, like you're not born just knowing how to do it. Well, even mindset stuff has to be taught and practiced and we need education on it. You know, we just talked about this on, I always, I, oh, I don't think I'm ever without a coach in some regard in my life, whether it's training or nutrition or mindset or something. I always have somebody like opening up the opportunity for me to evolve my thinking on something, right? Um, You hit on something so important. And I think that is feeling our feelings. And I want to identify this in this, you know, happiness, positive thing, because I 100% know from my own life experience that part of happiness is being able to feel feelings that aren't unpleasant, that are unpleasant to feel also. We have to allow ourselves to feel our feelings. One of the, I'm reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle right now. Everyone's, everyone loves that book. Everyone is raving uh, about this book. Every time I share some part of my story, somebody says, you should read Glennon Doyle's Untamed. So I'm like, okay. I, <laughs> that has like ran my from my hair girl to one of my coaches to friends. I'm like, okay. So I'm reading it. It's great. She's a wonderful writer. But one of the things that she shares is when she was going through her recovery from alcoholism and she was so embarrassed and she's like six weeks into this journey of getting out of being an alcoholic and numbing all her feelings. And this lady comes up to her and basically says like, Hey, you know, I totally remember being where you're at. This is at her AA meeting. And she's like, you know, one thing that I learned in this journey is that feelings are for feeling. <laughs> and Glennon Doyle says, as she wraps this up, I never realized that feelings were for feeling. I thought feelings were only for feeling happy and good and positive and lucky and all the positive feelings. But when we're unwilling to feel our negative feelings all the way, we get trapped in denial and they never go away. I call denial. Yeah. Bingo. Denial. I call them the the toddler behind the baby gate. Okay. Like you got a toddler behind a baby gate and you keep ignoring it and ignoring it. Guess what it's going to do? It's going to get louder and it's going to throw a bigger tantrum and it's never going to stop. (laughs) it's going to try and try and try to get your attention when you could have just stopped for like 30 seconds of whatever you were doing and got down face level and said, Hey, what's going on? I, I drew a butterfly. Okay, cool. (laughs) Move on. Right. But we won't do that with our feelings. If we'll just stop and kneel down for a second and be like, what am I freaking feeling? And sometimes it sucks. It's like, dude, you know what? But those sucky feelings lead to us, again, like you said, going out of denial and going, all right, something's here. I need to fix. And getting happy again. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's the contrast. We can't be happy without some kind of contrast. Right. If everything went everyone's way and was perfect all the time, you'd be happy. But again, ah, sometimes there's some nice contrasting things that you'd either have to see. doesn't mean bad things need to happen to you in order for you to be happy. But there's 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 a balance. There's the opposite of that. And it brings you happiness in the long run because it gets you into proactive mode. So for example, let's say I'm, my feeling is 
I'm ignoring my kids too much. I'm too focused on business. That is a common feeling <laughs> that I'll get sometimes, right? So when that comes in, I can either say like, no, I don't. No, they're fine. Like they, they're, they're good. Like, and I can deny that feeling or I can be like, yeah, yeah, it's going on. Okay. What am I do to change it? Nope. You're going to close all this stuff up and you're going to go, and then I can become happy again. But if I deny that feeling, it'll just keep coming and coming and coming. So acknowledging our unpleasant feelings is a pathway to happiness. The, the, the difference I'd like to talk about though is how do you get out of it? This is where victim mindset comes in because when you're in a victim mindset, when you're a victim about it, you stay in that place. You beat yourself up. You're like, I'm, yeah, I all, and then you don't take action. So I could just sit there and be like, yeah, it's so hard being a mom entrepreneur and being a single mom. Like, yeah, I know, like I'm failing. And but I could just sit there in that or I can feel it and be like, dude, I don't like the way that feels. Okay, let's go. Let's jump out of that. What do I need to change? What do I need to do? And that's personal responsibility. That's taking accountability for those feelings that are coming up. That's honoring, you know, we have negative emotions for a reason. They're feedback for us. It's feedback. So when we take a real honest look at them, then we can be happier, faster if we'll just yeah, accept it's, those it's, feelings. Yeah, it's, it's really the authentic part of yourself uh, to, to trying to break out of the grave yeah, and right. get, in your, get in your face. Um, you know, I want to uh, – I had a really interesting um, – so uh, the, the Nordic people are the happiest people in the world. This is the, the studies they've all done. The Nordic countries are always the happiest. Now, they have a different quality of life. They don't have to worry about some of the things we have to worry about. They don't have to worry about health care, right? They don't have to – and they're – 90% of Danes are happy to pay their taxes, which is exact opposite of our country, right? We're like, ah, freaking right. taxes. We're trying to get out of it. They're happy because they know it leads to a better quality of life. But one thing about the, the Danes is, is that they have, um, and it's really built into their culture. It's not that we can totally mimic it. But from one of the authors that's a happiness research, the uh, founder of the Happiness Research Institute in Denmark, Mike Viking, um, I interviewed him on the show, and he had some really interesting, he's written several books about this. So the Danes have a concept called Huga, which is H-Y-G-G-E. And it, it, it can be translated in our culture to cozy, like a sense of coziness. But it's different than just candles and stuff. So uh, Huga would be people hanging out with each other, you know, candlelight, cozy, but they wouldn't all be on their phones. They wouldn't all be, it would be real connecting. They value this. This is really a part of their culture. And that's why people at all incomes, their social mobility is is really great. Like usually the studies have shown if you grow up in a very poor society, then you might end up being part of that group too, um, right? And the American dream is really alive in Denmark because they have things that are really social mobility upward. And so people are happy despite their levels of incomes in that country, which is an interesting thing. But a couple of the interesting tangents about this is that um, – the art of making memories and how happiness is related to this. So we have a choice of recalling experiences in our past. And they found that some of the things that really generate a sense of nostalgia, that, that memories and happiness are equated with nostalgic views of the past, right? A positive tinge. Um, and that in part, so not only to create more memories, but an example could be... Um, for example, they, they show when they interview like 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds, and they say, what are the happiest times in your life? The age range is usually between 15 and 30 because in that time we have a lot of firsts, right? Your mm -hmm. first kiss, your first this, your first job, right? So there's a lot of firsts and they're very memorable. And so on that note, trying to make some more firsts trying to do things that are interesting. And even if that's you're with your children and you're sitting down and you're all having a wonderful dinner and a wonderful moment, um, there's, there's a story about one of the people he interviewed who's a Polish woman um, and she contacted him from Poland and said, you know, I read your book and my uh, 
happiest memory that I can remember from childhood is me, my mother cooking the dish, da, da, we're all laughing, we're having a great mm-hmm. time. And the mother said something like, now, re- I hope you remember this moment. Remember this moment. Now, you can't keep throwing that in everyone's face every time you have mm-hmm. dinner. But mm-hmm. those are some things even a parent or other people can do. Mm-hmm. Being more present in the moment. Being in a moment and going, ah, the smells, right? Andy Warhol had an interesting thing about creating memories in the nostalgia, which is he would only use a cologne or a perfume for three months at a time so that he could go back and be like, let's go back to the summer of 89 and choose that scent and generate the memory, the nostalgic mm. memory of that. So I thought that was an interesting thing too. Someone switching up even their sense to associate to time. But what we, so creating memories is a part of kind of pulling this happiness along in your life and for your children. And I thought that was an interesting, it, it, that's how it's equated in the research that he did. They also did research where they found that like people in New York, they don't fucking smile. They just, they don't smile. They are not, and we, and we, we all kind of go, all right, not totally shocked on that. Same in London. <laughs> But that is one thing they have also studied. If you are miserable and you smile or you look at a picture of like your niece mm-hmm. who you love as a baby, you can't help but like smile. And they've noticed that when you do it, even if you force it, if you give it a time, you're going to actually feel the feeling yep. of whatever facial expression that is. So yes. there's so many little areas to this. But I love this like creating memories. And if that means once a year you go somewhere different for a new experience that you can or if you can document it in some way, you know, like how often mm-hmm. are we just taking pictures of the thing or we're not enjoying the actual top of the mountain we just got to. So, right. you know, just attention to present moment. But in all the senses you know what I mean like a smell could bring back like a childhood memory of something my mom cooked right or a smell Mm -hmm. of a a time or Hawaii and so when we go back to kind of relive some of these lovely experiences in our life it's important to draw on all the five senses and Mm -hmm. I just I just love that and I love the the culture there and again they have a lot of things they pay so much more taxes they get so much more okay but they have a very happy society and it's really about connecting with one another which is important we also Mm -hmm. need to feel valued by a tribe or at least one person even back to primal connection right so these are the things that do affect happiness um you know friendships and all this stuff so just kind of wanted to throw out some of that stuff and if anyone's interested mike viking and it's m-e-i-k last name viking did a podcast with him that's great but also he's written several books on like the art of creating memories and lovely lovely like coffee table books that are just so soothing and he's done so much interesting Mm -hmm. research all over the world on happiness. So I love it. And I'm hearing a few things. One is the biggest thing I'm hearing is connection, right? Real true connection. Cause one thing that I have learned as a parent is if you want to have the realest of real connections with your kids, you sit down on a couch or on the floor and you have nothing planned, nothing. That is for me, that is the truest connection that will ever happen because now I'm saying here I am, I'm a hundred percent open and present with you. What do you want to connect on me with? When I try to sit there and force and it's like, okay, we're going to do this and this is going to be fun and we're going to do that and that's going to be fun. It just gets in the way, right? I mean, it might be fun, but only if that true connection, that heart connection is there. Um, You hit on something else too, and that is being completely present with one thing, right? And um, Sean Aker talked about this too, that getting control of the small stuff in our lives and, and learning how to control impulsiveness and do things one at a time Oh my gosh, that's one of the greatest things that we can train ourselves to do. I don't know about you, it's but for me, like observing these patterns of why do I need to take my phone with me across the house? What? Why am I carrying this right now? Like, why am I? I'm in the middle of walking. Why do I need to check my phone right now? What am I doing? It's this impulsiveness, you know. And I think that for me, that's and that's what, what Rob touched on too with. in a podcast. Sorry to interrupt, but on that same note, yeah. and I'll let it continue. Is the um, 
So like you're mopping or you're doing some bullshit you don't want to do that no one finds fun in. But to try to find that in there, like instead of like, oh, I'm just going to get this shit done, like that mindset of I'm already in the future when this is over. Right. There's an opportunity there in the mopping of like, I'm glad I have a mop. I'm glad I have floors. I'm glad whatever it is, there is an opportunity there to be present or think about something else versus like, let me just get this over with and Right. And it actually, that mindset, like it'll affect your eating too. If you're like the kind of person that always needs more, 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 your eating will be like that too, because you don't have the gratitude really truly there for the present moment of eating just received. What's that? Like for the present moment of eating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You will feel, I tell my clients this, I'm like, I don't care how this sounds. I'm like, do a prayer, like whatever that is for you. Like it can be to yourself. I don't know, but whatever that is for you, do a prayer at the end of your meal. Like, Oh my gosh, that was so amazing. Even Ooh. if it was something that isn't in alignment with your perfect nutrition plan, maybe it was chocolate cake. If you can just say, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I promise you will feel more full and satisfied. And I've learned that if you if you want to really develop this skill in yourself, you just have to do a consistent meditation practice. And I've watched myself, my little achiever butt, my little get shit doneer per- personality, like I've watched and observed that in myself all the time and I've been able to gain that through meditation. But even meditation, like I'll notice if when I'm not on point as much, I'm like glancing over at my timer to see if meditation's almost over and I'm like, no, don't, we're not going to look at the timer. Do you just you know? do straight meditation where you're just kind of trying to clear right. your thoughts? And then how long do you set your timer for usually? Me, 10 minutes. That's all I do. That's all I have my clients do. That's what research has shown people will actually comply with long term. Yeah, five to it's 10 not minutes so short that you the... don't get anything out of it, but it's not so long that it's so daunting you won't do it, right? Yeah. So props to the two hour a day people out there, like that's goals. That's amazing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so that's what I do. And I've still been able to hone. I, I'd say the biggest, the biggest thing to me is one, learning how to let things go the impulses, right? Learning how an impulse comes up and I can let it go and training that. And also just having that moment that I'm connecting with divinity, higher source, uh, saying, Hey, the gates are open over here. Here's a couple of willing hands. If anything can happen through them, you know? And so having that every day, yeah, it's life changing. So if you want to be more pre- be like learn the skill of being more present, um, that helps. And also if you have kids in your life in any way or an animal too, dogs can be this way too, just get on their level for like 10 minutes, maybe set a timer for 10 minutes, just like that. And just get on their level and be like them. And you will be like, respect you are presence master <laughs> animals and children. So they can be a wonderful teachers to us that way. Yeah, that's so great. I was also saying, uh, thinking too, and I've said it before, which is if you want to, and this is how I did it. I was like, okay, if I want to be happy, well, if I started with, you know, manifestation law of attraction, which led, leads into mindset and how to do that. And I thought, all right, you know, cause I was just kind of going along, but I thought like, I did have feelings of like, what is this all for? Like, ah, this fucking, you know, shit, man, you know, like not in control. Not that I had any power in creating my reality. And even though we talked about this on previous episodes, just this, this idea that if you want to become like an expert in something or you want to become happy, you got to go read and listen to all the motherfuckers that are out there that have written books on this, right? That right. have done it. Um, I love yep. I love Lisa Nichols. She's a rags to riches story from The Secret who I interviewed. She was on food stamps as a single mom. She's a multi-million dollar motivational speaker. There's nothing she can't do. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned Justin Perry before again. On a What's sem- her name? Uh, Lisa Nichols, she's uh, one of the speakers from the movie and the, you know, the secret and mm-hmm. uh, motivate the masses.com is her website. Um, but she, her story is great because she literally was like victim of all victims, welfare, mm-hmm. food stamps, a kid, Compton, LA, like 
lot wow. of added disadvantage uh, in as a whole of the society and rose right. up. Same with Justin Perry, who was working on an assembly line, no, ed- you know, education, thought he couldn't do anything, started doing law of attraction, family thought he was crazy and blasphemous against God. And then now he's living in like an 8,000 square foot mansion with two boats. So, um, mm-hmm. and that was all for mindset. And again, because, you know, these people went and were like, well, who, who's out there who's happy or successful? And then well, what do they have to say? So it does take work. It does take learning. You've got to take this on as like an amazing course, but it's a fun one. It's fucking fun when you get down mm-hmm. into this stuff. And then as you go along, it generates more, you know, and it can go week to week. You can have a rough week where you get kicked down the spiral and you're not in a creation mode and you're more of a downer mode. The moment you get back into it, wow, it only takes a few days before the universe unravels something that kind of continues on in the, that direction. So which way do you want to be tilted? Yeah, I've got a question. A question's popping up on my my mind for people listening. What in your life is robbing you of your happiness? And whatever comes up first for that, the answer to that question, I would really consider how are you going to let it go? What are you going to do to let it go? You might have to take a brave, bold, freaking step. It might be life devastation. That might really truly be the answer to yep. whatever's wrong. If you're in a relationship that's completely robbing you of your happiness and you freaking know it. And every single day, your soul is like, please, please, will you just have the courage to do this? And you're like, nah, I can't cause I'm financially stable in this situation. And your soul's like, please, please. You might have to take a big bold step or it might be something like, yeah, I know I need to stop watching TV every night. That is not bringing me happiness. It's robbing me of all the time that I would spend making my dreams come true or whatever. Whatever popped up, I'm asking you to listen to it. And I really like because whatever it is, you're blaming it. It's outside of you, but it's also something you clearly could change. Exactly. You have the choice. You have a choice. Sometimes it's scary or sometimes it's, you know, and I would say also, why are you clinging to it? There's a lot of treasure right there. What is it about that thing that you're clinging to? Why won't you let it go? Even if it's something that's a self-sabotage thing a lot of people don't think about, which is the need to prove yourself right about not being able to, or damn it, see, they wouldn't let me, or whatever it is, and you're continually proving that story we talked about. Right. Right. Usually, usually they're the two fears that really keep people from taking this leap that they need to is the fear of not being loved or the fear of not being good enough. Yep. Right. So whatever your soul is pulling you to do one of those fears, some branch off of one of those fears. So which one is it for you? Is it the fear of not being loved or the fear of not being good enough? Like really take that into account and think, you know, like, shh, I'm letting my whole life be guided by fear. I'm letting the situation in my life. I am running off fear damn it. I see it now. I have to admit it. I'm running off fear here. Okay. How are you going to change it? One thing that if it's something like as simple as like, you know, let's say it's watching TV at night. Um, Sean gave this example. He said he created a, a, a barrier. Okay. So when we have like these knee jerk reactions, we can create actual physical barriers that can give us what he calls the 20 second rule. He's like, if there's 20 second break between a normal reaction time, you know, normally it would be like, I want to watch TV remote go. So what he did is he hid his remote, like in his bedroom, uh, nightstand. So it was super annoying. So you have to like go all the way upstairs to get the uh thing. Every single time he wanted to go watch TV, he had to go upstairs to his room, go get the freaking remote out, bring it back to right. So, 
Um, I like I like I like that. That's a good like kind of self hack to keep yourself from doing a thing you're kind of in an addiction to or something. Yeah, yeah. So if it's something kind of you know physical like that, that can be a good hack to keep you from doing what you're doing. Um, but somehow to break the pattern. But on a deeper level, on a deeper level, I would say you know there are one of the first steps to really truly being happy is listening to what your soul is asking you to do. Are you willing to listen? Because we all have them. We all have them. I don't care if you are like a hippy dippy crystal loving person like us, or, if, you know, if like you're a super Christian or you're Buddhist or you don't believe in any of that crap and you're just like, I don't believe in anything spiritual. You still, I know you still have those like, I need to do this. Okay. Like I need to do this. There and I know something drawing you. Something pulling you. Yeah. And that's to me, that's the first step is are you going to actually listen? Because when you do, that's when magic comes in. Right, that's and that's part of the clarity we're talking about. You're getting clear about your desires, your life wants, or, and again, it could be anything. It'd just be like, you know, I always wanted to go there. It didn't have to be like a life career goal. It can be, but it'd be something small. You know, like, right. I have a friend who is um, having the most incredible time increasing her confidence through taking singing lessons, which she's not planning on being like, it's not, I mean, she might end up being a rock star, but like, yeah. that's not the plan. And so some people would be like, well, that's a waste because if it's not a career that it's like yeah but do it uh, anyway because you love it and in right. the and in the process she realized oh my gosh she's giving herself a voice it takes a lot of it's awkward to be in front of even a coach even though they make you feel very comfortable singing coaches it's awkward to start singing out loud in front of people it feels judgy and gross and weird it's the yep. same thing like with anything you do for the first time and she's like wow this is really like giving my confidence a boost and my ability to speak up a boost so that was just a little passion of hers that she didn't yes. deny because there wasn't like some track that she should be on because it was a realistic career it was a passion it would yes, it lights her up. So whatever lights you up, maybe that's like I want to go. You know what I mean? What I don't care what the thing is. It could be collecting stamps. Literally, doesn't matter. And some of us have lost that. I had yeah. I talk to my clients about this all the time because we talk about getting in alignment with your soul's purpose. And mm -hmm. one of the one of them called me. She just booked a call. I was like, I didn't even know. I was like, What are we talking about today? <laughs> What's going on? She's like, I need help. I have no idea what I like. I have no idea. And I'm like, Oh, I feel you. Remember we had this conversation yeah. on a previous episode. Like I had my marriage counselor was like, What do you want? I'm like. I don't even know. I don't even know what restaurant I like. I don't even, I have no idea what I want. I have been so busy just doing what other people want me to do so I can get love that way. Like it's a hack, right? That I don't even know what I want anymore. And it's not a hack. It never leaves you happy or fulfilled. So what, what I usually do is we go back to childhood and sometimes people have to dig deep, but it's like, like what did you what? always want to do? Or when you were a kid, what did you, cause that's, what that's... did you do? What did you do when you were a kid? Right. What did you like doing for me? I liked anything physical. Hey guys, let's play kickball after school. Hey guys, let's go run around in the woods. Hey guys, let's go play basketball. Like I liked physical stuff. Like, and I lost that for a large part of my adult life. Like yep. it just wasn't important. I lost all the joy. So when people talk, you know, about like for me going to the gym is like joy. Yes, it brings me joy. I love it. I can't wait to go again tomorrow. It's the honestly the best part of my day. I love it that much. So cool. I've aligned my career with something that I love. So what else did I like? I loved walking around outside. I vividly remember so much of my childhood just by myself walking around in my yard, like wandering, picking dandelions and digging holes in the dirt. And I loved it. Okay, cool. It doesn't have to be, it wasn't like, I'm going to be a ballerina. Like it was, I just like that. And is my current life situation aligned with that? Yes, it is. Right. I'm getting ready to start nature retreats. So what do you love? What do you love? That's a really, really key thing. If you're not doing what you love, how sad is it? You're going to go on your deathbed and you'd be like, yeah, I was a really good mom and sister and employee. 
and I didn't do anything I loved my whole life. Yep. And it's uh, that good. That's from what's uh, Ivan Illich, uh, one of the old Russian novels where he's it's like such a sad moment. He's like on his deathbed and he says to his wife something like, what if my entire life has been wrong? Yeah, you do not. I'm getting goosebumps. You do not want to be on your deathbed. So, yeah, it is. It's about uh, pursuing the things we love. That'll give us happiness. But also, um, and, you know, some dumb hacks like if you're off kilter. You know what I do? I go right to Instagram puppies. I'm looking up golden doodles, my favorite <laughs> yeah. breed. And I'm just like, I love, and you think, how can you not? You go look at my friend's baby. And I'm just like, mm, you know, so yeah. sometimes you have to force it. Sometimes you have to go, I got to like make sure yeah. this happens now and turn it around. Um, right. And for I also. Me, comedy. I love to like, like, I just need to go watch somebody funny for like stop. three minutes and I'm laughing and my whole energy is different. Right. So that's what, that's what I call Marie Kondo in your mind. <laughs> Does it bring you joy? If something brings you joy, like have little snippets of that throughout the day. I love, you know, stick figure and um, who else do I love? Hippie sabotage. Like their music brings me joy. I love their music. So it's like, I throw that in into the mix of my day to bring a little bit of joy, you know? So yeah. I love that. And on the health note too, like we both know, and we said it earlier, we touched on it, which is, Hey, listen, give yourself a break. If you're in ill health right now, or you're struggling with something, your neurotransmitters, everything is going to be off and it's going to be actually hard to access happiness. It's actually a thing when you're hypothyroid. In fact, it's your brain. You literally, and then people would like get on the thyroid hormone, get fixed. They'll go, Oh my gosh, is this, does this make you happy? And I'm like, yeah, it does. Cause you, you need it for your brain. Like most people do. So you got to cut yourself a break, but then the ultimate goal is get on that health journey because without that baseline of health and we're not saying be like Tara and be at the gym rolling weight you know we're not saying yet but you have to do something for your health if you're there because you're never going to achieve happiness if you know what inside's all messed up and you don't have to go to the gym but eating food putting those in your bodies that was the gateway to awakening for me that took me from a place of doubt and living a life that was totally out of alignment with who I was and guilt and shame and feeling sad and crying myself to sleep at night and all that stuff putting natural foods in my body come like if you're eating wendy's okay i'm just not sorry i'm gonna shout out if you're eating wendy's you go to wendy's on regular you're way freaking off like you are so far off from the potential of life that you could be living i'm telling you because i live that life i was on the and you go make a burger at home with bacon man tara and i would tell you right now please even throw some bone marrow i do whatever you want make the burger make a cheese bacon burger at home we would rather have you do that quality meat i promise you i never thought this because i used to be like "Mm, a mcdouble sounds good i used to be on that life guys and it's like it sounded so good every day now that I've switched, that sounds nasty. Like, you, there, you could not pay me to go eat that crap. And instead, and you I'm do really my... know that, too, because you grew up poor, you didn't have high-quality yeah. food for a long time, and you were that person. So I was. Why would I? We had ramen. You know the difference. You know the difference in the Crap, and cheese. I'm telling you, it was, it changed my whole life, changing the food that I put in my body. And actually in Dave Asprey's book, Game Changers, he interviews all these experts. Now, granted, these are a lot, some of them are in the health field, so it could be a little bit skewed, but the number one thing that they gave credit to for the success in their life, these are like billionaires and people who have achieved incredible things in their lifetime. The number one thing was the food that they ate. That was the number one thing they said contributed to their success. So I am saying you don't have to go to the gym. You don't, you know, if you want to do that and you can get that in, that's cool. You know, it definitely has a lot of empowering mindsets that come from it and all of that. And you get energy and you get dopamine and lots of good things. But the first thing is changing the food that you eat. If you are unhappy and you are on that Wendy's Taco Bell McDonald's life, you got to get off that first. And it's like, you're not going to die. You're still going to eat food. Don't cut calories. Don't go on some crazy thing. Just eat at home. 
Just make good, real food at home. Self-experiment. Buy some freaking seasonings. We love Redmond Real Salt. Their seasonings are freaking bomb. I'm going to give them a shout out because I love them. Every day. I put that on everything. Right? And I don't I don't want fast food. I'm like, that stuff's yeah, nasty. Just changing your salt. Okay, just change. get rid of the Morton's bullshit salt and just getting a good <laughs> salt. Just right. getting rid of the canola oil and replacing it with avocado or olive or coconut. Right. Like anything. These are small changes, but they are right. affecting your brain. These are toxic mm-hmm. things. And so, hey, man, if you clean up it, and look, I, it doesn't mean I still eat eat ribs and and burgers and I mean all the good stuff it's just clean it up so yeah if you're so mm-hmm. back on that note you don't have to exercise but you cannot expect or you're limiting your happiness potential and it's not to say that you can't Beautiful. be that fast food person and be super happy but I would absolutely bet money that if they also change their diet even if they didn't lose any weight and they would absolutely then like it would be like tenfold expansion for that person. It would yep. increase it. Um, and yep. by the way, that happened for you. It happened for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. until like I got my health together and met Mark and whatever, and my life exploded. You know, yep. everything in my life helped. Everything got cleaned out. I wasn't inflamed anymore. I was pre-diabetic. These things affect your mood when you're inflamed and you feel it and you have pre-diabetes. Yep. By the way, that sucks. It totally sucks. It totally affects your brain and how you think. I had heavy metals that totally affected my brain. I didn't even realize oh. how much until I had already cleaned up some of it and I thought I feel I feel more zen I feel more different I feel less stressed in my brain I could feel it so these things do Mm -hmm. matter get checked out go down this road you can start with food then maybe go to a functional medicine doctor but it is key and um, listen the Prozac of the world and all of those things they are patchworks. They often don't mm-hmm. work after three months if there's an underlying condition. And it's not to say that you shouldn't be on them. But there are a million people that through food have been able to wean off of them over time or cut them out completely or get down to a very low dose of something. This is something you and I see. Like, we see this all the time. So there's a lot of mental health professionals that go into our direction of the paradigm Tara and I push, which is, you know, a lower carb, moderate protein, high fat kind of paradigm, an ancestral kind of model. And those people, I mean, man, just... Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a life changer. Obviously, we talk all day about health, but um, that and I would say too, real quick, if this is resonating with you, don't focus. I feel like people focus so much on the deprivation and misery side of getting healthy. That's why people don't want to do it because they right. look at it as it's this not deprivation horrible thing that starts on Mondays. This horrible thing. Don't do that. Don't, you're not going to, you know, you're probably not going to be off of McDonald's and Kraft macaroni and cheese and ramen noodles immediately. If that's really, I just challenge you to add nutrition in. Okay. You can still keep all those things, that's right. but just add nutrition in, add a walk in, add sunlight in, add, 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 add. How can I add more nutrition to this McDonald's burger? Can I throw some extra lettuce and tomatoes and all of those things on it and let's baby step your way into it? So just think of a positive mindset of like, what can I make? Like, ooh, I'm making a protein shake. Could I throw greens in here? Could I, you know, whatever it is for you, like maybe you're going to have your value meal with a protein shake and that's a win for you. Just keep going, keep thinking positive and adding it in and you'll get there. That was such a change for me because it was, I was so tired of feeling deprived and miserable and like that health, health was equated with suckiness to me and that's such a lie he's such a lie because if you looked at all the stuff tara and i eat and you just you would it's not at all it's exactly the it's exactly opposite of what i thought would get you to lose the weight which is why that was a mind fuck for me when i learned about all this because i was like i thought it had to be suffer sacrifice and pain and it really doesn't um i used to be afraid of like i can't eat too much 
No, it just had to eliminate some bad things and I have more good things and it's okay to overeat those things. It's not about restricting calories. Like I know you're not about, you are definitely not about a restrictive mindset. It's the worst thing that can happen. But like you said, if you're going to eat that damn Big Mac, then make a deal with yourself where you're going to have one zucchini then that day or. Yeah, right. Just add something in, add nutrition and and you'll get there, you know? So, but it is, um, it's the, what did you say? Limiting your happiness potential. Oh, that's a powerful statement. That's what, that's so true. We're limiting our happiness potential when we don't take care of our bodies. That's why it's so important. Like I'm definitely spiritual. I understand we are not our bodies, but we are heavily wired into these suckers and the chemicals in them do affect how we show up every day. So when we don't take care of them, we are limiting our happiness potential. So very well said. Let's talk about the one point that Rob Mack brought up, which is might seem obvious to people, but you know, we can kind of go out on, on this note a little bit in wrapping up, which is if there's two people in a relationship, friendship, business, romantic the happier person can uh bring the less happier person up but the less happier person always brings the other person down like you're never going to you know what i mean so it's important to think about who we're hanging out with as when we're 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 going down this happiness route. You know, like I talk about ditching downers, right? Cleaning all that other stuff in my book. Mm-hmm. Got to get rid of these people or limit our, our contact with them and, and up level different vibrational beings into our life, right? Different friends, mm-hmm. different vibes. I want to be with people that are as happy or happier than me because of mm-hmm. what I know about what Rob said. It's mm-hmm. so true. We've all been there. You've tried, you're always trying to bring that person up. They're always the one that goes down and you're always the, and that is a lot of work and that is going to affect your happiness. It depends. I mean, if you're both really happy and one's just a little bit more than the other, okay, whatever. It's kind of even, right? But if you've got kind of a downer or a, uh, a negative Nancy, like a, a narcissist, you know, a, a negatively tinged person or friend in your life, man. So if you're on this train, you got to clean out, get a coach. If that's the only positive unbiased person you can have in your life or seek out new tribes. We need to or, or, or put more emphasis into those friends that are happy, that make you feel good. Because as you're on this road too, sometimes we, especially if you're a rescuer, if you have this in you, which a lot of alphas do, mm-hmm. um, uh, um, you are going to tend to try to like pick up projects along the way of people who are like, come on here, I can show you how to be happy because I'm happy. And it's a downer. <laughs> it, that whole thing ends up being kind of a downer scenario and it brings you down. Um, yes. And often doesn't bring that person up can we talk about that like you can try yeah. all you want yep yep guilty because it comes to I'm, I'm like guilty guilty i've done that so much in my life um and i think what what happens is um usually people are unhappy because they aren't taking full accountability for their happiness so even though they might like the feeling of being around you because it feels really good they if they ha- aren't still aren't learning that it comes from within them you will never do anything for them except create a dependency on you (laughs) that's the other part of it i'm glad you brought that up that's the other part he talked about i find that to be it's really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i had like such a funny conversation with rob because i told him about my little sunshine soul experience experience that i had from my my intuition came in and it was just like telling me to look for it was like you're a sunshine soul look for other sunshine souls and i really thought about that i kind of did an inventory of people i dated and friends and everything and i was like it was hel- a helpful practice for me. So as cheesy as that sounds, and it's weird to even talk about that to a guy. I felt so weird being like, sunshine souls. <laughs> um, but like, think about that. Think of who in your life you consider a sunshine soul, you know? And I'm like, 
I almost to the point now, I'm like, I don't care what kind of like healing you need to do or what you got. If you're a sunshine soul and you love people and you're good and you bring out that like you, the best in people around you, like I freaking love you. I love you for that, you know? And so I think identifying those sunshine souls for me has been really good. The other thing is self-accountability here too, because even though I have an amazing tribe full of health conscious, beautiful law of attraction, like amazing people, sometimes every once in a while we'll slip into like old behaviors and it will get a little bit negative. And so it's, it, it's crazy how easy it is. Cause negative talk is low lying fruit. It's easy to talk about negative stuff. Right. And so I am very mindful when that starts to happen to not make that become a practice because I, I perceive it as ruining the relationship, ruining the friendship. It's now this is turning to this weird, negative, toxic thing. So the next time that urge comes up to be like something that's kind of low vibe, I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Like, I'm not going to do that to her. I'm not going to bring that kind of energy into her life right now. So I think also self-accountability for us to make sure that we are keeping things high vibe. Oh, yeah, right. And that's, and you know, that's like that dumb example in the book where it's like, in my book, which is about the, the downer effect with downers, which is like, are you the first person to call me and be like, did you hear the, the plane crash today? <laughs> or like, what a, like, just think <laughs> yeah. about like, and let, what are you saying? What about your say going to further you spiritually and advance the other person or not? And sometimes things are necessary. There's factual information that needs to be interchanged. Right. That's not happy or whatever. But you know, I've even caught myself a couple of times with some sensational yeah. thing. And I want to be like, oh, did you? And then I'll be like, do I, am I bringing that into that person's day? Like someone did that to me recently when they brought it up and I actually right? asked them, I said, really, did you just tell me about <laughs> your bank story or whatever? Like, well, exactly. I, I'll tell you told me something that was happening publicly the other day and I really appreciated it because your intention was actually very high vibe. It was like, Hey, just kind of sharing this. Cause these kind of things can happen in our industry. And I'm like, cool. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. Cause it was a very yeah, high it wasn't vibe. Gossip. Thought, so. It was for the purposes yeah, of positive. It was a lesson. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I super appreciated that. And that left me feeling like, Oh, like, thank you for telling me that. Cause you cared enough to tell me something like that. Not just like, and can you believe blah, blah, blah. Like there, what's the intention behind it? You know what I mean? And I think that's always the key to everything. What's the intention behind it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm wondering what other kind of wrap ups on this. And we mentioned some resources. We'll, I'll try to put them in the show notes as well. Some of these books and people we've mentioned. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'll uh, share, I'll share. I'll share a little hack. And by the way, both Tara and I have been absolutely fucking miserable in our lives. So I just want to share that too. I have been, yeah. I have been like clinically depressed in high school where I had to like be on antidepressants for, I got kicked out of high school. I had to be on antidepressants for a whole summer, which I don't think I really needed. But what it was is I had developed like a sleeping disorder. I was like sleeping all the time because I was so depressed versus the opposite, which is like insomnia for a lot of depressing people. I just wanted to sleep all the time. I didn't want to live in reality because it was just much better for me to be asleep. I am just can't even believe how depressed I once was back then. Um, I finally got out of it. There's been a couple of times, right? I got hit with a permanent disability. I got hit with hypothyroidism. We've been there, you, you as well, with your story right. from childhood to now. Uh, we've both been mm -hmm. through these things, but we could tell you that we manufactured this ourselves. We did the work. Um, that we weren't always this way. I mean, we might have right. had a, a baseline of that, I'm sure, but we weren't always as happy as we are now. It did take effort. Right. And I'm so glad I learned the things we talked about today because my life is so much fucking better. Oh my God. My life is so much better than it was like 15, 20 years ago. Like it is just oh so gosh. much better. So the sooner you get to this work, it's never too late, but the sooner you get to it, 
the sooner the happiness comes in and then you be get more things to be happy about because when you're happy, you're grateful and you're excited and that just be gets more of that through the law of attraction and you're going to be more successful. Yeah. And are you putting in the work every day? Are you doing, because it's one thing I'm so glad you guys are listening to our podcast and I hope you guys are watching us on YouTube. Like I'm so grateful for that. But what are you doing after this? Like what got inspired by this? What happened in you that you're actually going to do some work with after? Because I think that can be a trap a little bit is like theory, 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 awareness, 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 awareness. But where's the practicality? Where's the action that gets followed through? So it's like, oh, I remember that one part where Tara said like that thing and I realized I'm in a toxic freaking relationship and I need to get out of it. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Where's the action? And, you know, for me, just even these little like written things that I do every morning are, that's the action. That's me putting in action daily. And I gave, I gave my clients the business about this this morning. I was like, if you're not doing your morning routine, you need to get on that now. Cause if you're not progressing forward, you're going backwards. You know, you have felt that in your life that when you stop doing the basics and you stop putting the work in, it just starts to go. It's like all this exciting exhilaration when you're doing all your personal work and then you stop and it's like flatline. And then you start putting in the work and it goes back up and it's all exciting and ups and downs and adventure and magic. You stop putting in the work flatline. So yeah, even if you start off with every morning writing three things you're grateful about, I don't care if it's your yep. eyes, your nose, your sense of your your intelligence, it doesn't matter, your, your parents, uh, you're grateful for a dog, uh, just any attention, even if all you can muster up is three to five things every morning, that's a start. And then you move yeah, to a 10-minute meditation or you move to writing a longer yeah. list or once a month, right. maybe you do a big like, let me reevaluate this month and see what do I want to happen next month and write another intention list. But to start everybody, and you know, one of the things that does help, and I know I mentioned him a lot because I love his voice, but Justin Perry on YouTube has like all of these free affirmations. He has like morning gratitude affirmations. You just play it. It's on a loop for like an hour. You know, you can just walk around, get your coffee, and he's sitting there saying the things. You don't even have to almost stretch to think what you're grateful for because it's just going (laughs) to come in. So maybe you start there with just like a gratitude affirmation, free YouTube, uh, you know, audio, and that kind of kicks you into it. And maybe it's only three minutes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta start somewhere and, um, what a great way to start your day too. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And I love that. I used to hear write down gratitude and think, I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I used to think like, that's okay. Thank you for the cliche advice. No. Mm-mm. It imprints the subconscious. Write, it's real stuff. It's real stuff. Because when you write, it slows your brain down. Our brains are efficient. They don't want to do hard stuff. They're, they they want to live a long time. So that seems hard. So we don't want to do it. Right. We won't do the easy stuff like receive. Right. But actually transmitting information is a little bit more difficult. So when we write it down, we slow our brains down enough to actually think it through. And then I would advise truly. And this comes from Tony Child, who is my mindset coach, um, is to write. What do you feel as you think about each one of those emotions? I mean, one of those things that you're thankful for, because it helps you identify your emotions. And I can't even tell you how many times I'm writing down adjectives that aren't feelings. (laughs) I'm like, that's not a feeling. Okay. Hold on. Excited. Okay. Hopeful. Okay. Right. And so now it's a practice. Not only are you getting in that mindset of gratitude and abundance, because once you realize you have it all, the universe starts giving you more and more and more because you understand you already have it all. So of course, why can't you have it all? Right. Cause you already do. So when you write those feelings and you slow your brain down and write it down, it changes everything, changes everything. It's, it's magic stuff. It's not some fluffy, like this would be a good thing to do with your life. It's actually true tried into practice of successful people 
all throughout the dawn of time. <laughs> and, and you mentioned like... that study. You mentioned that study out of Harvard or whatever before on another podcast where they took all of the people who graduated from Harvard with an MBA or whatever, right? Yeah. And the ones that wrote their goals and their shit down were like astronomically more successful than the other fellow Harvard graduates who didn't. Oh, and, and Sean Acorn, his book said that nuns, they did a study on nuns from the early 1900s. They journal every day. And so they actually looked at their journals and the ones who had positive entries lived on average 10 years longer than the ones who always had negative entries. Well, you know what I'm laughing about? I'm laughing about the idea of a nun just bitching all day long exactly. in a book. Like, that's just funny to me. It's like, you shouldn't probably be like, maybe you're not getting the Christ blessing or whatever. <laughs> it's very humanizing, right? It's like, okay, Very humanizing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, hey, everyone, listen. So uh, we're going to be doing some exciting stuff. We haven't launched it yet. We will say on the next podcast, but we are going to be doing and offering a really cool virtual hangout with Tara and I, where we'll be like max 20 people on Zoom for a couple hours on a Saturday. We're going to pick a date in the future. Uh, so we'll do kick-ass podcast live and we come and join us, safe space, fun, get to know each other, create a community, ask us anything you want about anything, um, a time to share, time to meet some like-minded people. And so we're really excited about coming up with this. And so stay tuned. We will we'll put out all the information on that. And of course, if you're listening to this on any platform that's just audio, we also do have video episodes. You can go to our YouTube channel as well. And kick-ass live podcast com is the website for all of the listening options and there's a little tiny icon that will take you to youtube but it's not as obvious there so yeah thanks so much guys i hope you guys will join us for those kick-ass life podcasts um live so i mean Elle and i have a quite a bit of knowledge here so if you want access to some of that and to just kind of find a tribe of people who think like you who are growth mindset and want the most out of life well that's where you can find it so i hope you guys join us for that we'll get you guys details soon awesome thanks Elle. This all right thanks everyone talk to you next week Oh, 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 oh,